house of the Lord on this Mother's Day. Again, God bless all of you mothers that are with us today, and also all of you joining us online. We want to welcome you and just say to you a happy Mother's Day if you're a mother, a grandmother, a great-grandmother. I'd like for you to open your Bibles with us today. We're going to look at the book of Luke, very, very... uh, well-understood passage of Scripture. We read this a lot of times during Christmas. I want to kind of resurrect it for Mother's Day. And I want to minister to you a message on Mother's Day about the Lord's mother. Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so as we look at Mary, I want you to keep in your mind this that she was God's choice to be the mother of his son. And I want you to see three things primarily as we look at this passage of Scripture. Beginning with verse 26 of Luke 1, we're going to read through verse 38. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, there's another angel, was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at his statement, And she kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. It's twice that he said that, that she's favored. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and for that reason. The holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. Would you say that out loud with me? For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, be it done to me according to your word, and the angel departed from her. Bow with me. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We ask that you would speak it to our heart and change our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The Lord turned one day and said to an angel, have you read the specs on this model? She is supposed to be completely washable, but not plastic. She is to have 180 moving parts, all of them replaceable. 
She is to have a kiss that will heal everything from a broken leg to a broken heart. She is to have a lap that will disappear whenever she stands up. She is to be able to function on black coffee and leftovers. And she is supposed to have six pairs of hands. Six pairs of hands, said the angel. That's impossible. And Jesus said, it's not the six pair of hands that bother me. It's the three pairs of eyes. She's supposed to have one pair that sees those through those closed doors so that whenever she says, what are you kids doing in there, she already knows what they're doing in there. She has another pair in the back of her head to see all the things she's not supposed to see but must see. And then she has one pair right in front that can look at a child that just goofed up and communicate love and understanding without saying a word. Well, the angel said, that's too much. You can't, you can't put that much in one model. Why don't you rest a while and resume your creating tomorrow? Jesus said, no, I can't. I'm close to creating someone very much like myself. I've already come up with a model who can heal herself when she's sick, who can feed a family six with one pound of hamburger, and who can persuade a nine-year-old to take a shower. And the angel looked at the model of motherhood a little more closely, and he said, nah, she's way too soft. Oh, but she's tough, said Jesus. You'd be surprised at how much this mother can do. The angel said, can she think? And Jesus said, not only can she think, she can reason, she can compromise, and she can persuade. The angel reached out over and touched her cheek and said, this one has a leak. And Jesus said, that's not a leak, that's a tear. The angel said, well, what's a tear for? And Jesus said, well, it's for joy, for sadness, for sorrow, for disappointment, and for pride. The angel said, you're a genius. And the Lord said, oh, but I didn't put that tear there. How many of you mothers have cried in pride, in joy, in sorrow, in sadness, disappointment, happiness? There's a lot that can be communicated in a tear. The Bible says that When Mary was told she was going to have the Son of God, ultimately she was told that he would also die and give himself up on the cross for the sins of the world. Now, we're not too many weeks past Easter when we find that Mary was one who was at the foot of the cross as Jesus died. Many believe she walked along everywhere he walked, along the Via Dolorosa. As I was preparing this message today, or this week for today, it was a couple weeks ago when I was praying as to what to share. Because Mother's Day is 
It's a special day, but I wanted something fresh to give you. And there's really no mother that I could find in the Word of God better than Mary to share with you what a godly example she was. I want you to notice that in this passage of Scripture, in verse 38, Mary said, Behold, I'm your bonds, I'm the bondservant of the Lord. A bondservant is a servant, but it's someone who chooses to be one. Literally, bond slave. So literally, I want you to get that in your mind. It is a it is a person who is like a servant. And she said, I am the Lord's servant. And I want you to notice along with that, she said, be it done unto me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. I want you to notice something here, first and foremost, that Mary is obedient to God. Everybody say, obedient to God. Now, I want you to understand something. She is going to get ridiculed because she's going to have to explain that she's pregnant, but she hasn't been with the man. This is going to take a lot of wisdom because she's still a teenager, but yet she's already ready to be obedient to God, to do what he has asked her to do. And I want you to notice here today that Mary did not say, your will be changed. But she said, your will be done. And I want you to remember this. It's exactly what her son says 30-some years later in the garden. Not my will, but yours be done. You see, I think sometimes we can think that Jesus was so 100% God that he was not at all human. But there's nothing further from the truth. He was human. When he fell as a little boy, he scraped his knees, he bled. If he hit himself, which I'm sure he did, I don't know of any carpenter who hasn't, hit his thumb with a hammer, it hurt. There's a story about four preachers. They were discussing the merits of the various translations of the Bible, and one of the preachers said, well, I like the King James Version because it's the most simple, beautiful English. And another one said, well, I don't know how you can say that. It's a little tough for me to get through. He said, I like the New American Standard because it's closer to the original Hebrew and Greek. Still, there was another preacher, and he said, well, I like the contemporary version because it has up-to-date vocabulary. And the fourth minister was silent as they all spoke, and they asked him, finally, which translation do you like the best? And he said, I would have to say that I like my mother's translation the best. Well, this surprised the other pastors. And they said, what do you mean by that? And he said, they said, well, I didn't know your mother had translated the Bible. And he said, oh, yes, she translated it for me into life by the way she lived. And it was the most convincing translation I ever saw. I want you mothers to remember something that God tells Mary. He said in verse 37, for nothing 
will be impossible with God. For nothing will be impossible with God. Some of you mothers, I know you're praying. You're praying mothers. You're praying grandmothers. I was reading this week of a hymn that I sang a lot as I was a boy growing up in church. Remember when we sang hymns? There was a man by the name of W.P. McKay, and when he was 17, the, uh, the story goes that his, his mother, he was a, a Scottish boy, and his mother gave him a Bible at the age of 17 in which she wrote his name and a verse of Scripture on the inside. As he left home, he began well, But as time went by, he drifted further and further away from the way that he had been raised. He began to drink heavily and at a low point in his life to satisfy his thirst for whiskey, he took his Bible down to a pawn shop and pawned the Bible that his mother had given him. Well, many years went by and eventually... uh, McKay completed medical training and took up his work in a city hospital. And there one day, the Lord was about to meet him in a special way. This is a true story. And I imagine he probably, the day started out like about any other day, doing rounds with reports. But in one room that he came into, he had an encounter that changed everything. It was a sad case, really, but... The patient was nearing the end of his life. There was no hope for him to be able to make it through this disease that had him. And one of the things he said while Dr. McKay was in his room, he said, please bring me my book. I need my book. And the words seemed to echo in the heart of Dr. McKay. Well, a while later, he was told that the man in that room had died, and so He goes back into the room curious to find out what book this man had that was so precious to him that he was holding on to it and wanting it more than anything else in his life, and that was his last request. And soon he found his search was over as he uncovered a Bible. But it was not just any Bible. Surprisingly, as he opened up the inside cover, there Inside was his name and the scripture that his mother had written in her own handwriting, William Patton McKay. It had been many years since he had seen that book, and he couldn't believe his eyes. Someone had bought that book from that pawn shop and it had become a priceless treasure to this dying man who just happened to come into his hospital. Again, I want to remind you, this is a true story. Dr. McKay went to his office and he closed the door and he opened the Bible. And he slowly turned the worn pages and weathered pages 
And he noticed that many contained specially marked verses that his mother had hoped that he would read. And he was alone in that room for many hours. But when he emerged, the long years of sin that he had been living in had been blasted away by the life-changing light of heaven as he read the scriptures that his mother had outlined. With a newly tender heart and a desire to reclaim wasted years, he resigned his position as a doctor. And after training, he went on to serve the Lord as a pastor. But that's not the end of the story. He also wrote more than 17 hymns. And one of the hymns that he wrote is known as Revive Us Again. It goes like this. We praise Thee, O God, for the Son of Thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Hallelujah, Amen. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Revive us again. Nothing shall be impossible with God. Can I just tell you something about the Holy Spirit? He's known as the hound of heaven. And when he gets on your scent, or your son's scent, or your granddaughter's scent, or your great-grandson's scent, they're not going to be able to get away from him. Are you with me? The next thing I want you to see is not only is Mary obedient, Mary is loving. She loved God, and we know that she loved God because she did what he asked her to do. Can you, can you imagine, ladies, just describing this to your dad, that you're, you're pregnant, but it's not with a guy, it's with God? No, seriously, dad, it wasn't with a guy. God has to be the foundation of our relationships because it's only then that we can experience our relationships in life to be blessed by God. She loved God and she loved her family. This pregnant single mother praises God even though she would surely be ridiculed and ostracized. Even though her son would be ridiculed and ostracized. Because of our obedience to God and because of her love for God, she raises Jesus. And I want you to understand something about Mary. We think sometimes, I, I really do think that we think just because Mary was the mother of Jesus, the things just all went well. But can I remind you that not even his brothers and sisters at one point were believing in him? Now, do you think Mary had raised them the same way she raised Jesus? Do you think that she raised them to honor God, to believe what she had to say? You know, it's sad to me today that there are so many young people walking away from the teachings of their parents. I want to remind the world today. I want to remind America today. I want to remind all the children 
regardless of your age. You can be 40 and still be somebody's child. Are you with me? We're called to honor God. But we are also called, one of the commandments is to honor your father and your mother with a promise. And that promise is so you can live a long life. I want to just say that when you consider the word honor, in our world today, it doesn't mean quite the same as it does in the word. Because it's kind of like the word love. It's kind of fallen among thieves and been beaten up. But the word honor in the Hebrew, it means to give weight to someone. It means one way you honor uh, someone is you give them weight in your life. You give their words weight. In other words, who, whose words are you going to listen to? Your friends or what the world is saying or your parents? who loves you more than the world would ever love you. What word carries more weight? And sadly today, too many are letting the world weigh them down with their words instead of their family. And what we do today is when we, when we honor somebody and we give, let them have weight in our life, we do this by giving that person respect or authority in our life. Now, there is a time, there may be a time in your life, there is in all of our lives, when you grow up, you leave home, and you start your own families, that you may not always do what your mom or dad would want you to do in a certain situation. In fact, I want to just share with this, that happened with Jesus and Mary. You remember they're at the wedding? The wedding to Cana, and Mary was like, this is what you should be doing. And Jesus said, uh, hey, Mom. He actually says, woman, it's not my time. And ultimately, she caught herself. She had to let him be God. She had to let him be the son of God and not just the son of Mary. And sometimes as parents, that's the tough thing to do is to let them be who God has called them to be. And sometimes that's not always what we think they're going to be. But when you're younger and you're a mother, you are the central authority figure in their life. The respect and the honor that are shown to you uh, comes through in many ways. But I just want to say this. I want to say this to all the, the children in the room, regardless of your age. We need to also be the way Mary was in the first point I mentioned to you, and that is obedient. Honor, listen to me, you might not agree with mom and dad, but they never deserve dishonor. They never deserve disrespect. As you get older and you become an adult, the role of your mother shifts into your life from one of central authority to one of respect in your life, and honor is always due. You may no longer be bound to obey like when you were in the house, but you are always bound to honor and respect. So I want you to remember that as you 
walk through life. Obedience and love are revealed through honor. The last thing that I want to share with you is this. Mary is faithful. Moms, can I just encourage you, remain faithful. Keep on praying. Keep on believing. Because God will work through you. There was a mother that many of you have heard before. If you haven't heard of her, you've definitely heard of her sons. And one of those sons, both of them actually wrote hymns, but one of them wrote hymns more than he preached, and the other one preached more than he wrote hymns. The hymn writer was Charles Wesley, and the preacher was John Wesley. They both did both interchangeably, but John became known as the preacher, and Charles became known as the hymn writer, especially within the Methodist and the Wesleyan churches. But as they were little boys, as they were growing up, Susanna Wesley had a whole brood of kids. She was the mother of 17. Now, moms, I want you to understand something, that Susanna Wesley prayed one hour every day with 17 kids. She never missed it. If she could get into her room, she went into her room, but if she couldn't make it in her room, the kids knew. If mama's in a rocking chair and her apron's over her head, she's praying. Leave her alone. And Susanna Wesley, I, I credit as the reason there's a John Wesley and a Charles Wesley. Because without your mother, you can't do what God's called you to do. You wouldn't even be here. And I want to leave you with this point. God chose Mary, not the other way around. It was God that chose Mary to have Jesus. Mary accepted, but it wasn't her thought. It wasn't her idea. And you know, the thing, the thing about her that I think is so amazing as a teenage young lady is she didn't ask God for a sign. She's not like Gideon. She's not like her relative, Zechariah, who is going to have John as his son. He's like questioning the angel Gabriel. She didn't question at all. She was faithful to God by doing what he asked her to do. Secondly, she was faithful to herself, which was exemplified in her virginity. She was faithful to her family because the angel brought up her relative Elizabeth, and the Bible says she went to visit her when she found out she was pregnant. And Mary never lost her faithfulness. Do you remember when Jesus is no longer in the caravan after they've gone to Jerusalem and they've been looking for a couple of days and Jesus isn't there? And they have to travel back to Jerusalem to find Jesus in the temple teaching the teachers. And it almost sounds like he's disrespecting her, but she realizes he's not. He's actually walking in his calling as a young teenage boy. And she's like, Jesus, didn't you know we were looking for you? And he was like, but mom, didn't you realize I had to be about my father's business? 
and she treasured that in her heart. At church, she was faithful all the way through, even as she is at the foot of the cross. And she's with him at the cross. Now, it's interesting to me what happens next before he passes. One of the saints on the cross of the seven saints of Jesus is about his mom. That to me is so powerful. It's interesting to me that it was not any of his brothers, it was not any of his family members that he gave responsibility to to take care of his mother. But his mother was so important to him that he said to his disciple John, John, behold your mother. And mother, behold your son. And the Bible says from that day, she went into John's house. And Jesus knew which guy to select because he was the disciple who lived the longest. Amen? So I want to conclude today and say this, that to some of you mothers, it may be a tough day for some of you because I remember through the years I have not always been sensitive to this being a tough day for some moms. I've generally thought of it as a happy day, but I also realize that for some of you it's not necessarily so. If your mother is gone, it may be a sad day for you. Some of you have memories of her and you long once again for her words and for her presence. Other mothers are, they've lost a child. You may feel empty today. If you had a poor relationship with your mother, spending your time arguing or fighting with each other, you may feel guilty today. Or if you have rebellious children who have rejected your prayers and your teaching, you may feel like a failure today or that you've disappointed God. But the good news is that the Bible talks not just about perfect families and how God uses them. It talks about imperfect families and what God does in the midst of them. One day, if we follow after God with all of our heart, we will be together in heaven. One day we'll be with Jesus. One day we'll be a part of a great big family of God in the place that God has prepared for all of us that believe in the Lord Jesus, and there we're going to live with Him for eternity. But in the meantime, I pray that we'll do everything we can to make our families the best they can be to the glory of God. So I just want to say to all you mothers, Wherever you are, with your children, your grandchildren, and others, God sees where you are. And I just encourage you, be obedient, be loving, and stay faithful, because God will reward. One last story. A mother whose son left just about like Dr. McKay. 
The son left unsaved when he left home. She never ceased praying for him for years. The mother is literally now decades and decades into praying for her, lo- her loved, loved one, her, her son. And to her knowledge, he's never come to know the Lord. She's now literally, unbeknownst to her, days before she's to die. And she gets word that her son has come back to God. The mother dies three days later. God does not always move in the way we think He's going to move or in the timing that we think He's going to move. But I want you to remember this. Whatever you put in them stays in them. Whatever you've sown in them cannot be removed. It's like the old saying, you can take, you, you can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. You might be able to leave the Word of God, but the Word of God will never leave you. So whatever you've sown into them will come out. Amen? So I hope that this is something that will encourage you and to show you that God is watching over Everything we do, and primarily this, nothing shall be impossible with God. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Happy Mother's Day to each of you today. Father, I pray right now all over this room that your anointing would rest and that your presence would be. I pray, Lord, for everyone watching online. If there's somebody watching this right now and you're away from God, God knows where you are, and He loves you. He loves you right where you are, but He loves you too much to let you stay there. And some of you that are hearing my voice, you know that your mom's been praying for you, or your grandma's been praying for you. If you'll just simply say, Jesus, I repent, and come back, He'll receive you with wide open arms. So, Father, I pray today that as we go our way on this Mother's Day that you would bless every mother in this room, every child that would be away from you, Lord. Draw them right now, I pray. And, Father, I pray you'd build up every mother with these words, nothing shall be impossible with God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Mothers again, happy Mother's Day. We'll see you all next Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed.